edition of the Untitled Jeff Buck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Buck, and today is a social spotlight version of the podcast with Jenna Fryer from the Associated Press. I'm sure many of you follow Jenna on Twitter, at Jenna Fryer, where she tweets about both NASCAR, IndyCar, and whatever is on her mind, which often causes a lot of haters to seemingly come her way. And she entertains us all by her reactions to those people, as well as the refusal to back down something that I think is probably in part because of her New Jersey roots. We had a long discussion at Sonoma and we touched on that and many other things. So let's just get right into it right now. Here is the social spotlight with Jenna Fryer. All right, everybody, I'm here with Jenna Fryer. We are at Sonoma Raceway. Practice is going on, so we're not really doing our reportedly duties right now. How are you? I'm okay. I'm a little scared that a lot of bad things will happen on the track while you've got me stuck in this closet, but whatever. All right. Well, listen, Jenna, if we, we can kind of hear the cars, so if they go silent for a while, we'll interrupt the podcast and you can go run out and see what happened. I don't run, but whatever. <laughs> so Jenna, um, you are only the second Friar family member to be on the social spotlight this year because you, for whatever reason, let your daughter, Sydney, come on um, the, the social spotlight earlier this summer. Did you listen to her podcast? Um, I don't think I listened to it, but I think I read it. I think I read the transcript and I was surprised. One of the few things jumped out at me, like I found out she had a fake Instagram account. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say, did you, did you know all that stuff? Cause I mean, you obviously have your, um, your, your regular social media, but you're also seeing it through the eyes of a teenager every day. Yes. Uh, I do see it through the eyes of a teenager every day. And, um, she's a, you know, she's, she's a, just a teenager she just turned 13 but she um it's very different the consumption and how they get their news and what they consider news and uh what they tolerate and what they don't tolerate so one thing that i mean i've been wanting to ask you about all year and i don't know why i don't just ask you away from the microphone but it's fascinating to me how much you take on the haters i almost feel like sometimes you embrace it sometimes you're like yeah bring it on like i'm just gonna like, I don't, I know this is going to get people mad and you're ready for it. And then sometimes you're like, I can't believe people are getting mad. So how do you deal on a day-to-day basis with all the people that are like throwing shade at you via social media? So um, I recently made a really big change in my Twitter settings that really changed things in that I changed the settings so that I only will see your tweet now if you are verified, not verified, um, if you like have, if you've confirmed your email address and things. And so I think that that has cut down on the trolls, which I, I really enjoy. I I really felt it liberating with, I felt, I noticed it within a day. I just noticed the traffic cut down within a day. And it's unfortunate because now some people who are legitimate people, maybe can't see me because they haven't taken those steps with their accounts but i did open my dms which has been a little weird and um (laughs) so um that's been different but um the thing about the haters is i can't believe some of the things that people say and and sometimes i just feel like I, I I think sometimes people think that I'm being whiny or I'm being thin skinned or I can't take it. Well, sometimes I just think people are inappropriate and I sometimes I just think people are mean. And we talked a little bit about Sid a minute ago. And one of the things that I've learned from her age group is that there's just certain things that aren't tolerated. They just don't tolerate it. Like 
like body shaming and and woman woman on woman shaming and things like that and they just think it's deplorable like it's the worst thing in the world so you get on twitter and you've got these people who are just they're just mean and sometimes people like the most innocuous things like you retweeted a link of mine uh yesterday and you said whoa you you thought my lead was spicy and it just deteriorated the mentions just deteriorated into this battle between IndyCar and NASCAR fans and I don't want any parts of that anymore like I really don't want any parts of it but when you cross the line or you've crossed the line even if it's my imaginary line my imaginary moral line I'm just I'm gonna call you out on it I am because you deserve to be even if you're anonymous and we can't tell who you are because you're an egg or whatever or you've got a fake name you, you like you deserve people to know what kind of person you are so but do you enjoy it some days and not enjoy it on other days or like some days you enjoy the back and forth and like retweeting people who are just completely outrageous or are you always um, annoyed at that? I, I guess I just feel like, Oh, Jenna's from New Jersey and she's just like ripping these people right back sometimes. But is that not the case? No, sometimes I, you know, sometimes I rip them right back and, you know, like I've, I've really been quiet all week on the Danica thing. I've really been offended by a lot of the traffic I've seen on the Danica stuff. And I don't want to attack people just, you know, to attack them, but I kind of want to be like, I want to shake people and say, how many of your dreams did you follow? what, What did you make of your life? How dare you? criticize or attack or disparage what this woman has done and she may not have been the greatest race car driver ever but she was a tremendous businesswoman who parlayed that into a multi-million dollar career while following her dreams and for people to just tweet nasty angry things and you know I got a particularly bad email this week and I just I I don't understand why people are like that like jealousy is so I, I think I've seen through social media that jealousy is so ugly and it's so ugly and so sometimes I fight back and sometimes I just can't take it and sometimes it's not worth the headache you know you just have to and sometimes you wake up and you're just in that kind of mood and you're like all right I'm gonna fight back today and other days you're like I'm not even gonna look at it uh, you know I'm not even gonna look at Twitter today so yeah I was gonna ask are there days when I mean you had a um I think the biggest controversy recently probably was when you wrote um, your Alonzo column in May or maybe April or, or, you know, in the spring. And there were so many people getting mad. Were there days then where you're just like, I'm not going to look at social media today? Or were you always consuming it still and seeing what people were saying? No, I stopped looking at it after a while because, you know, you can't argue with people who don't want to have healthy debate. You know, you can't. we, We see that all across our country right now. And social media has really deteriorated conversation and debate and you know they just want to say what they want to say and 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 they just want to label me as you know whatever it is whatever label fits their argument and and someone who's you know uneducated or doesn't know or doesn't respect Alonzo and that wasn't it the issue that I had always was why what like what is Alonzo going to do for this race like in this series and what's What's been difficult for me is that I was right. I was right. Everything I said, I was right. And the television ratings were not up. And, you know, and, and he did nothing in this country for the, for, for the race or for the series. Now, the, he was charming. He was wonderful. He was a delight to watch. He was a delight to cover. He would be a delight if he were here all the time. But I don't see how that helps 
if he were here all the time, that's a different story. And that was the point. So it's been very hard for me not to just crow and be like, I told y'all, like, you know, and, and I, I use my column in different ways for different things. And I've, I've used it in political ways lately. And you get a lot of, you know, it's the, I don't want to say it's the whole fan base, but you get a lot of it. People that just don't agree with you. And I just think that there's certain places for sports and there's certain places for politics and that NASCAR really stepped into a big hole by inserting itself into politics. And now you can't really get out of it. You can't pick and choose. And as a result of me trying to stay true to my moral conscience, and not only that, but true to the obligation I have to my daughter to show her how you must take stances, you then invite this attacking army on you on social media. So some days I just don't look. Yeah, it's really interesting because I feel like, so personally, I'm kind of, um, I'm just super reluctant to even say anything, whether it's political or something that I know is going to bring an avalanche of haters. Because I'm just like, that is just like I it really um, can bring me down or yeah. like really yeah. can be deflating so but it doesn't seem like it seems like you are more willing to do it you you know it's gonna happen you know what you're getting into but you're just like well that's not gonna deter you from speaking out if it's something that you um, I guess feel strongly enough to, to put out there well th- there's some things that I just feel like enough is enough somebody's got to say something and you know um, we 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 as a media core of a, a, the auto racing media core um, in general, I think that w- we spend so much time on the nuts and bolts and, you know, and on cumber encumbered finishes and, and this and that, that we don't tend to look at the bigger picture very often. And a lot of people don't want to, and they get annoyed. And I just think that um, when Brian France took his stand on the Confederate flag, he kind of started down a road that he has cherry picked where he wants to be involved and i i you you know at a time of of tumult in this country and when you're looking for good leaders and you're looking for the jj watts of the world or the jimmy johnson's and you know or these guys who step up you would hope that the leadership of the series would step up but um i think that they've they've gone backwards based on fan reaction because not everybody cares as much about doing what's morally right and they'd rather just stick to their their beliefs and and keep sports and and entertainment sports and politics and entertainment and keep them all separately and privately and i just think nascar lost that right so you are probably despite uh some of the controversy that pops up sometime you're probably the most um, tied in reporter in both series in both NASCAR and IndyCar. Well, I, I don't know that somebody else has mastered, um, having their feet in both as well as you have, in my opinion. So, um, how, how, what's your philosophy in managing that on social media? Um, you know, I see a lot of times, you know, you'll tweet, uh, a picture of you and somebody from a series. Uh, do you feel like that's part of like letting people know, like, Hey, like I am an insider here. Um, no, I, you know, I. So I, I really have in, 
embraced and started to enjoy Instagram more. Um, and is your Instagram public? No, my Instagram is private. And the reason it's private is because you, it's a lot of my daughter on there. It's, you know, but I started this thing called 100 Happy Days that I, you know, unless you follow the 100 Happy Days, you don't really know about it. But, um, and in the beginning, it was really great because it really forced you to look at every day differently. And you would look at things and, and they would be small, minor little things. And you would say, oh, this made me happy today. And you that would be your happy thing. But then everything started making you happy. So you couldn't post a picture too soon in the day because what if something happier happened later in the day? So as it went on, um, Chip Ganassi started to get annoyed by it. He started to like literally get annoyed by it. And he was trolling you. He was trolling me. And he at, at a race, we, he did a media session and he at the end of the media session, he asked to go off the record and we went off the record and he said he wanted everyone in the room had to agree to be honest with him. And we had to do it by a show of hands. And he says, be honest. OK, show of hands. He says, how many people are sick of Jenna Fryer's 100 happy days? Like, and so from that moment on, how many hands were there? There are some hands. And so from that moment on, I said, you know what? Now I'm doing 365 happy days. And a lot of them are dedicated to Chip. Like I, So like I'm kind of trolling Chip back now with it. So I posted a picture with Jamie McMurray the other day just so I could tag Chip. And, you know, if, if whenever I have an opportunity to get Chip in the happy day, I do it. Because now, but I'm in the final countdown. And it's not to show I'm an insider. It's just to, like I, I think that I can. Are you allowed to curse on this? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Like, I think I, I think I'm an asshole sometimes. Like, um, you know, when, when that guy sent me this really mean email the other day and I wrote back, I think your caps lock button is broken. You know, like today I bought a Marco Andretti shirt in the IndyCar hauler because like, why not? Like, like, I just think I do things that are like, so that's why I think I take pictures, you know, like I'll probably get a picture of Wolfgang today. And <laughs> so it sounds like, I think it sounds like what happens is you come off as an insider because people that what's normal to you you're you're doing something that's a normal action to you because you're so tied in with all these people but if if you're an outsider you don't know you what what i feel like it's coming across as oh you know wow jenna is super insider because she knows all these people it's a normal everyday occurrence to you though you know what i'm saying yeah um i do get that and i think that part of that is because i've been doing i've been do, i've been in this in racing um at a fairly full-time level since 1998, 99, 2000. And what I am seeing is that uh, much like Matt Kenseth and all these other guys is that everybody that I do know so well, we're all aging out. Like we all grew up together to a degree. Jimmy Johnson and Ryan Newman and Marty Smith and some of the people that work for Jimmy Johnson, we we were all rookies together. I mean, Jamie McMurray, we all did it together. Well, now as they're kind of aging out and Dario's gotten older and Elio and uh, Tony Kanaan are in their 20th years. I mean, we're getting older and I, I don't know the younger drivers the way that I do. Like, you know, I, I'm fortunate that I I've built a little bit of a relationship with Blaney, but it's, you know, Larson, I feel yeah, like Larson, but like, I'm not going to roll up on Joseph Newgarden and just be like, Joseph be in my hundred happy days because I don't know him that well yet, you know? And so there, there is a changing of the guard that's going to, that affects everybody that people don't, you know, don't realize. So do you feel like that's a, like a threat to your career or something that you can 
adjust to? Like, I mean, you see on social media when drivers are interacting with, with younger writers or something like that. And it's like, oh, wow, there's a whole new class of writers coming up too that, that would be a challenge to, I guess, us. You know what I mean? No, I, I, like, I, I, I do see what you're saying, and it is a challenge. You do have to learn. Because so much of what we do, yeah, it's racing, but we have to understand these people. And, you know, the, the most fun part of what we do is, like, dissecting why Kevin Harvick was mad about something, you know, or why did Kyle Busch do this. So I, I just think it's part of the job. We just have to learn new people, and we just have to build new relationships. I don't think it's threatening. I think that you you that's the skill you have to have you have to learn your subjects and you know it takes time you know it Tony Stewart and I went two years without speaking to each other you know and and you you go through peaks and valleys and you get to know people and then the, they get mad at you and they stop talking to you for a little while or or you work things out um you know it's just part of the challenge I'm not threatened um you know and I think I think a huge part of it is just still try to be professional and be fair and be honest and don't get weighted down in all the, you know, the, the muck and the younger guys will figure out who you are. But isn't it tough to avoid being baited into that sometimes with social media? Because that's what social media is like what you, the muck, you know? Yeah. No, I think I, I had a good time this past weekend on social media because of um, Kez and Denny and, um, Kyle sparring back and forth and I was like this is what social media was meant for this is what I liked about Twitter when I joined it you know seven eight nine years ago whatever it was and we've gotten so far away from that where Twitter is just you know everybody attacking everybody um, I like that and that's why I think I've migrated more towards Instagram because you can get out of the muck you know, I think that you, you, it's just your mood and how you get baited. If you get baited, if, if somebody catches you, if you see something at just that right time where your mood, and I think you can, then you've opened the, the hole and down you go and you're fighting with everybody and you kind of have to step away. What's the future for Jenna Fryer on social media? You talked about changing your Twitter settings. How do you see this evolving for you um, as the years go forward with your reporting? Well, I've I've already changed a lot Um, from when I first was using Twitter. I I used it during races. I almost used it as in lieu of taking notes because you would say caution lap, you know, lap 145 and you would be able to go right back into your Twitter feed. Well, now everybody's tweeting caution you know every you know a, a few years ago i stopped doing it there was such a race to be the first person to tweet something and everybody was tweeting the exact same thing and i don't really feel if you're a reader or a consumer or, or someone I, I don't think if you open your twitter account and you see nine consecutive tweets and all they say is caution what what are you getting like you know why are you following these people you, you know wait till you have the information and wait till you have something to report and so i've already scaled down like i did that a few years ago i i already and and i cherry pick quotes now so that i'm not part of that instant timeline that everybody's tweeting exactly what dale jr just said at the same time um I think that social media is still a good tool. I think that you can very easily, I woke up, this is a great example, I woke up the other day, I said, why is Ted Cruz trending? Who, who is Sergio Dip? Like, and with, yeah. within like, you're able, within like just a few keystrokes, you're able to figure out exactly what you missed overnight by scrolling through Twitter. With, But I, I also think that um, for me, I don't need to 
do a 24 seven, um, do a 24 seven update. I think that there's enough people that are doing that, that I'd like to be a little bit more of myself. I'd like to be a little bit more sarcastic and, and I, you know, and of course tweet the links and, and the news. And uh, one thing while I have this, I think that media on media crime on social media is like the most disgusting. It's awful. Like what media should not be fighting with media on social media. And I think that it makes the whole profession look bad. And I think that it, you know, we all have to live together. We all have to work together. We all have to be together. And when people are critiquing, criticizing, uh, roasting, dragging, you know, complaining about other media i I just it's such bad form and it's so ugly yeah we want driver on driver crime not media media crime correct correct more driver on driver crime (laughs) starting now (laughs) all right jenna well it sounds like the cars are still on track so i don't think we've missed anything but we better not press our luck so we'll stop here thanks for joining us Thank you for having me in your little closet, Jeff Gluck. You're not, listen, you're not the first person I've been in a closet with at a racetrack. That honor goes to Mike Davis in the Loudoun, <laughs> the Loudoun, New Hampshire closet, broom closet. Me, him, and a mop. <laughs> We're definitely ending this now. <laughs> All right, everybody. So there you have it. Thanks so much to Jenna Fryer for her time. She also did a post-race podcast earlier this year at Bristol. So really nice when people are willing to volunteer and be on the podcast. You know, I, I don't pay for people to come on the podcast. It's just something they're willing to do as a favor. And I think it brings a lot of unique perspectives. So um, I'm, I'm glad she was willing to do that. So I'm off to New Hampshire Motor Speedway now, and I'll be there this weekend. I'll grab a media member there for a post-race podcast. It's a 2 p.m. start, so hopefully it won't be too late after the race where I can get that podcast out on Sunday night. But really do appreciate you guys listening as always. It means a lot when somebody leaves a review on iTunes. I go back and check them uh, every once in a while and go through, and it's really it's really cool to read all the comments. So definitely appreciate those of you who listen to the podcast. I get people walk up to me at tweet ups and things like that, and they say, you know, I, I listen to everyone your podcast when I'm mowing the lawn or things like that, and uh, that that just means a lot. You know, it's it's cool to know that people are out there listening. So thank you guys so much. Hopefully, we'll have more great content for you this weekend, and I will talk to you soon on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.